0: Good morning. It is great to see everybody this morning. Uh, as you can see, we're we're going to do something a little bit different. So I'll get to these guys in just a second. And I'll have them introduce themselves, and I'll talk about what we're going to do. Um, but I am really glad that you guys are here on this time change Sunday. Um, which, as as a church, we love time. You know, pastors, we we love time change Sunday. Not really, uh, because you never know what you're going to get. Now, the good thing about this morning was, you know, we fall back, so there's an extra hour of sleep, and we actually had a lot of folks in the first service who normally attend this service because I think they got up. Now, here's the downside for you guys. Your body is going to tell you it's lunchtime in about five minutes. And so my hope is that you can fight through the hunger pains um, and, 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 and maybe take something away uh, meaningful from the service this morning, maybe hear from God um, in, a, in a special way today in the midst of uh, the hunger strike that your body thinks that you're going through right now. You know, this is a big, big week for us, um, for lots of us. Uh, you know the Rangers won the other day. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Did anybody go to the the parade? Just me and me and Ronnie. That was Jonathan, it. Jonathan. Oh, you guys, that, awesome. Oh, yeah, like it was cool. So our family, we, um, our our children had happened to be sick on Friday, um, <laughs> so we went down early in the morning. We didn't actually go to the parade, but we went to uh, the the where they. Uh, After the parade was over, you know, the stage where they all talked and stuff like that, on the front row right behind the barrier, and kind of the coolest thing was um, my wife was, I was actually behind my wife. She was right up at the front, Eric Nadel. So if you don't know who that is, the longtime uh, radio broadcaster for the Rangers, he came by and high-fived my wife, you know. Um, And so it was just really exciting to see that. And I was thinking about, (laughs) like, it's weird to see these hundreds of thousands of people in this, you know, parking lot and area there by Texas Live, celebrating a championship. Um, And in some ways, you know, as I think about it, I am reminded of one day what's going to happen when the ultimate victory is won. When, you know, Jesus, because of the cross, he's already secured the victory, but like we will experience that fully and completely at some point in the future, and what that's going to be like as we gather together all kinds of different people and just like have an incredible celebration. So um, just really kind of an exciting thing um, to think about. So let me, I'm going to pray for us and then uh, we'll get into what we're doing today, I think. So let me pray. Father, thanks for um, just the opportunity to gather together today uh, to sing your praise. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love and your grace that in spite of our sin, um, you chose to send your one and only son, Jesus, who laid down his life for us so that we could be brought into a relationship with you. And God, it's through the work of your Holy Spirit that you can do a change in our lives so that we're not stuck being who we were. Um, But God, you do a change in us so that we can become who you desire us to be and reflect your character in everything that we do. And so God, I pray that that would be true of all of us today as we spend a few minutes talking about um, a section of Scripture that your Holy Spirit would be at work in us. Um, God, just again, helping us to be the people that you desire us to be. And so, Father, I pray that if there's anyone here who hasn't taken that step across that line of faith, maybe they're not really sure about what they believe, but, God, maybe um, you would just do something in their lives to draw them to you so that they couldn't help but say yes um, and receive the hope that we have because of Jesus. Because we recognize that our relationship with you that should change everything about us and last forever, it's not about us and what we do, it's about what has been done. Um, So, Father, just... uh, Meet with us. Continue to meet with us today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Um, So I didn't introduce myself a second ago because I know we've got some guests who are with us today. And so if I haven't met you yet, my name is Bill. It's my privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at the table. And I've been really excited about uh, this service. And I'll have these guys introduce themselves uh, here in just a second. Um, Excited about this because you are going to hear this morning from three of our young adults who... Uh, you may not see if you're not really aware, but they are all, uh, well, Ronaldo's kind of in charge of our students, but um, Alexa and Zach are leaders in our student ministry. They have a a great um, small group that meets after our students on Wednesday, and so God's really doing some some really cool things, and um, we are so excited that they are a part of our church and leading in our church, and um, we pray that God would just continue to add to their number. So I'll talk about what we're going to, what we're going to talk about. Um, So a couple of weeks ago, we started our series called The Intersection, which got a tagline where faith meets life. And if you've been here with us, hopefully you've heard me say this a number of different times, but it is our goal for everyone who's a part of the table to see faith come alive. And what we mean by that is that faith guides everything that we do. So it's not just this thing that we have if we find ourselves or are when we're in trouble or this thing that gets us into heaven. But faith should be something that makes a difference in, in terms of how we live our lives every single day. And so in this series, we're looking at a section of scripture where I think it's relatively clear how these passages intersect things that we're dealing with every day. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about marriage. And so today we're going to talk about the next section in the book of Ephesians, um, which is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 talking to children and then to parents. So that's primarily what we're going to talk about. And so I was thinking a few weeks ago about what we were going to do today. And I really think the instructions, which I'll read in just a second, are relatively straightforward. Um, And so it's like not a lot of explanation. So I think that it's the the application that's really helpful. And so I thought different ways that we could do that. Maybe we could get some experienced parents um, to help those of us who are Maybe struggling a little bit and encourage us. Um, But as as I was thinking about that, I was like, man, you know what? I feel like that's been done before. Um, And so rather than doing that, I said, hey, let's get some kids, young adults in this case, to give their perspective looking back at their childhood and adolescence and things that they, um, just the experiences that they had growing up and how they can help us as parents. So that's what we're going to do today. That's why they are here. So let me read this passage for us, and I'll explain a couple of things um, as we go to just give us the context for this conversation. And I want to set the stage again before I read it. So if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned this quote uh, from a commentator about the instructions that we read in this passage. Talked about it specifically in relation to marriage, but it's true also in this passage as well. That these instructions that we read given to the family, they are conservative within the culture But yet nonconformist, so they're slightly different than what would be expected within the culture, and profoundly liberating, even to children. And so this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing um, in Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse one. He says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right." Again, the the instruction is really straightforward. Now, the thing to understand that word "children" is very um, non-specific in terms of age. It could be used of Really, basically, any child all the way into uh, young adulthood uh, could be referred to uh, using this word. Now, likely, as Paul's writing, he's probably addressing not really young children, but children that at least have an understanding of, of um, life, and in some some ways can understand right from wrong and things like that, right? Because he's telling them they need to do something. So he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first First commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And so that's a quote from the Old Testament law. Honor your father and mother. And then there's a promise with that. And we should look at it as a generalized principle of wisdom. So if you obey your parents, if you honor your parents, the promise is you'll live a long, healthy life in the land. And again, that's not like a guarantee, but it's the idea of when you listen to wise counsel, learn from experiences of people that have gone before you, you're more likely to live a longer, more happy, uh, happier life. And so that's, that's kind of the idea there. And then in verse 4, instructions to fathers. The reason it's specifically fathers here is because a father in first century family was the absolute authority. So it's whatever dad said went. So we could probably apply it in our day to to parents both, even though I think that there are... Um, some specific applications to, to dads, for sure. But so verse 4 says, Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And so we're going to talk about really more applicationally what we learn from this passage um, in, in our dialogue together this morning. But the first thing I want you guys to do is just introduce yourselves um, Tell us a little bit about your families, like how many siblings and stuff like that. And then also um, a little bit about your faith background.
1: Uh, my name is Ronaldo. Uh, I get to serve on staff here. And I have three siblings. I have from the top down is my sister, she's the oldest. And then my older brother, then myself, and then my younger brother, who's over there, a nice guy. And uh, we, all, we grew up in church. Like we went to church literally every single week. Like we just didn't miss a Sunday. So that was just kind of our thing. Like we always went to church. So, yeah.
2: I'm Alexa. Um, I am the oldest of six siblings. I have three sisters and two brothers. Um, And then I did grow up in church. I grew up in church until I was about, like, 12. My dad is a pastor. um, So I was really in church. And then at 12, I moved to Texas with my mom, my stepdad, and then two of my siblings. And I strayed away from the church from, like, 12 to 19. Um, And then 19 to now, I have been in church.
3: Hey, I'm Zach. Um, I grew up in Richardson, Texas, just north of Dallas. And I didn't grow up in the church. Um, it was kind of random, my involvement in church. I did go to a Christian school. Um, parents aren't Christians. My grandparents are. And so they had a big uh, involvement in that.
0: So, Zach, talk about your your faith story a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm.
3: Sure. Yeah, so I became a Christian when I was 15. Um, like I said before, I went to a Christian school pretty much from kindergarten until my sophomore year of high school. So I I had all the head knowledge. I knew, I I heard about Jesus. I knew who he was. I just never took that to heart. And so whenever I was 15, I became a Christian. Then once I got my car when I was 16, I started driving myself to church and learning just through mentors and people that were at my church that I went to.
0: Yeah, and I, I think part of, I wanted Zach to make sure that he shared that part of his story because I know we've got some more of our students that are in here. And sometimes it can be hard not having that, Support from your parents directly, but I know your your grandparents had a huge um, influence on your life in terms of faith and stuff like that. But like, the, the cool thing about Zach's story is that he his faith became his own at an early age, and nobody made him do anything. But like, he was really faithful in terms of like bringing yourself to church and stuff like that. So it's really awesome, Ronnie. You didn't talk about your your family background. Oh, yeah. I You're gonna have to do it now. I but I'm gonna go ahead guess. and ask you. I'll, I'll set up the question and let you do this, right? So um, you're going to have to tell about your, your family culture. But so here's the question, right? So the instructions are children obey your parents in the Lord. How did you feel about that verse, knowing that you grew up in church? But obviously you need to talk about your, your oh, yeah. family culture too. So, um,
1: so I'm, I'm African. So I grew up, I was born in Africa and I'm going on the south side of Africa. And so in our culture, like obviously like honoring um just not only your parents, but anybody that's your elder is extremely important in obeying whatever they say. Um, and so, like, to me, obviously, like, that verse, I knew that verse, like, the back of my hand. Like, Downey probably knows his verse. Like, if I look at my phone right now, half of the conversations that I have through text to my mom are that verse, like, her sending me that verse. And so, it's, I, it's sad. I know that verse very well. But um, I did not feel great about it. I did not like that verse at all growing up, because I was just like, you guys keep shoving this thing down my throat, like, this is this is a terrible verse for me. I'm like, I hate, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, but, like, at the end of the day, like, as soon as I became an adult and, I don't know, just kind of understood what it was actually saying and kind of understood the context and was not necessarily always being parented by my parents, I was, like, kind of on my own, I was like, oh, you know what, <sighs> this verse is not so bad. And they were just really just trying to tell me, man, like, not only are we saying this, but, like, This is being affirmed by scripture. So this is is God's word, not just our word and trying to nag you or whatever it may be. And so uh, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, you know what? It's not so bad.
0: (laughs) Alexa, share a little bit more about your story um, and then your perspective on this verse. Because I know you heard it a lot, but how did you feel about it?
2: Yeah. um, So I, growing up, was really rebellious growing up. Um so this verse was I did know this verse and this verse was used kind of to um just be like, Hey, remember this verse and then so if I did something wrong, it was like, you know, you this the Bible says you need to obey your parents. So um growing up I didn't like the verse. Um it was also shoved down my throat a lot. Um but now that I know how important it is and how serious it is, then um, yeah, I just know how important it is. To obey your parents.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for me it was it was kinda mixed, so I, it wasn't really like something that was reinforced growing up, obviously. Um, but it, it was very hard at the time for me to honor my mom and dad. There's a lot going on in my family throughout my adolescence. But with my grandparents, it was, it was easier to honor them than it was my parents. So that's what I found.
0: Okay, so to all the children in the room, children, students, whatever age you are, if you feel like you fall under that category of children, listen, the instructions really t- really straightforward. You just have to do what we say, whether you like it or not. I think the challenge is when it comes to this passage, is for us as parents. Um, and I would say this too, like even if you're not a parent, you know, maybe you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle. Like there are some things that we're going to talk about that I think can apply to, to your life too, as you seek to influence the lives of the, the children that are in your life. Um, but I think that's the challenge for us is is in the midst of all the the that's happening in the world, how do we be good parents? And so that's really a majority of what I want us to spend our time on. And so um, as we think about that, I'll, I'll start with you, with you Zach. Um, as you look back on your childhood, early adolescence, adolescence, what is the, the thing that you needed most from your parents?
3: I think it was, it was consistency. So some of the things that were, like, were uh, brought on to me were kind of mixed messages. So I'll explain that. So my mom was very much she would show, she would always show affection really well, uh, but she would never say it. And then my dad was just the opposite. He would say it and not really show it. And it, it caused a lot of confusion. And now I can look back and think, well, okay, that's why maybe me and my dad didn't have as close of a relationship as I would have liked. And so there was, there was some disconnect there for sure.
2: Um, yeah, I would say more of like a listening ear I came from a Hispanic household, and so what we do is we don't talk about our feelings; we shove them under a rug, and just like everything's okay. And so um, I would definitely say like a listening ear from both sides of my parents.
1: I would I would say more somebody to just be like gentle with me, like in an assembly where to, like Hispanic households, like in, in Africans, like we just just don't talk about feelings. But then also in return, like some of the stuff that we say, like if you guys would hear our conversations, like. It sounds like we're being rude, but like to me, I'm like,, ah, that's normal. you know it's a normal thing to say, and like so for me, I was like, oh, man, like this is this sounds like everybody's being rude or whatever, and I just needed somebody to just be gentle with me and just be like somebody to listen to me as well um and just kind of sit there and just be like, all right, like hey, like let me give you an understanding as to why we do things and ask questions and stuff like that, but that was just never really an option. It was just always like, this is what your parent says, and like there's there's nothing else that you could say about it and so
0: Zach, I want to go back to um, something that you said, because I think this is really, really important for us to hear as parents. I, and I, I'm a, a firm believer in this, that as parents, we need to both say and show affection to our kids. So it is like showing that we love them, but also saying that we love them as well. And So, Zach, you kind of talked about it. Your, your mom said it.
3: No, no, She's, my mom My it. Showed, showed it, it
0: yeah. and didn't say it. Your dad said it and didn't show it. So I want you to talk about, like, a little bit more about, like, like sort of mentally as you're processing this, like, what is happening?
3: Yeah, so it was, let's see, it, it caused a lot of confusion, I think, uh, especially since it was flip-flopped for each parent. And so with my dad, I think hearing it and not seeing it, it caused... Uh, yeah, it just caused some confusion, and I would I would question myself and think, okay, he's saying it, but it's not. There's nothing that's following that. It's just kind of words, and it's empty. So it caused this, like I mentioned before, it kind of caused this disconnect. And then with my mom, it kind of played out differently. So she, like I said, she's, she's a very affectionate person. Um, so she would always show it, and it was sometimes it would be a little bit much, but it wouldn't follow up with words. So both are equally important, I think.
0: Alexa, I want you to talk about the same thing, because I think it's really important from uh – your perspective as a daughter, t- so talk about that.
2: Yeah. Um, so my mom, she is the, like one of the most affectionate person that I know. People that I know, um, she literally doesn't go a day without saying that she loves me. Um, and then on my other, on the other hand, my dad, we don't really have that close of a relationship. And so it was really important for me growing up. And now I can look back and be like, man, like I really wish that me and my dad were more affectionate with each other because I do think. As a not that mom's love from a, to a girl isn't isn't important um, or just as important, but I think that having a relationship as a daughter with a dad and just being affectionate with one another is definitely very very important.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's huge. And so, guys, I want you to hear what Alexa is saying. So she's saying that from her perspective, but also not just her own life experience, but the experiences that she's work as she's working with. You know, some of our students and stuff like that seem kind of the, the same kind, kinds of things. And it's important, like, for us to hear that because maybe that's not necessarily our default because culture says here's how we're supposed to be and we're not going to be, like, super affectionate and stuff like that. But I, I really think it's, it's so important for our daughters to hear from us. I love you, that we give them hugs, even though they hate it. My daughter, she's almost 13, absolutely hates it but like you know you got to do that sometimes even if, if if it is like makes your kids uncomfortable like i think that's really important um, let's talk about influence so i think this is really interesting because it has been said that a, the number one influence in the life of a child is a parent now as parents if you asked us what's the who's the, what's the biggest influence on the life of your child we would come up with all kinds of other things before we would say ourselves we you know, friends, social media, or media in general, stuff like that. But if you ask kids, who is your biggest influence, they would say your parents. And so I want you guys to share how your parents have influenced you.
1: I would say through <laughs> my mom, for sure, I would say through prayer. So all that lady does is pray. That's just, I swear, thats all she does is just worship and pray, and that's that's it. Um There was times where, like, and my little brother could tell you, like, there were times where me and him would argue, or we would fight, or whatever it may be, and if she found out about it, she'd be like, okay, come here, and she would, we would go to the room, we would go to her room, and then we would literally, sometimes we would just sit on the bed, sometimes she would, like, make us get on our knees, and, like, all right, hold his hand, you hold his hand, and I'm like, sad, here it comes again, and we would be in a circle, and she would sit there, and she would just pray, and I'm like, this is terrible, but And she would just pray and pray and pray. Sometimes it would be like an hour. Sometimes she would sing. You know, Africans, they they sing before they start prayer. So it was the worst. But, like, she just taught us that, like, more than anything, like, you have to have a prayer life. More than anything, like, this whatever battle that you guys are fighting, it's not always through, like, you know, your flesh or whatever. Maybe it's just a spiritual battle. And so that's how how she was. She was just like, all right, you know what? I can't say anything for you guys. What I'm going to do is just pray. And the Lord is going to handle this situation, and like that was like a huge influence for me. And like it was just learning how to pray. And for her, it was she was like that's that's all I know how to do is worship and pray. So how we're going to defeat this, whatever this is going on right here, is we're going to worship and we're going to pray, and that's it. And I'm just like oh, sad. But...
0: Go ahead, Alexa.
2: Yeah. Um. So I would say for my dad, it'd be faith. Um. If it wasn't for my dad um, raising me up in the church, then I don't. Maybe I'd be here, but um, definitely it was, like, a found my foundation. Um, so for him, faith and just serving, he really has a really big servant's heart. And then for my mom, um, I would say hard work. That woman works so much, um, but she is a very, very hard worker. So definitely hard work for her.
3: Yeah, for me, obviously my grandparents were a big influence in my life. And, and for them, it was it was my step-grandpa. So he, was, he uh, exemplified just... Servanthood really well, uh, and dragged me along to you know help his someone in the in his church help them. To, he was very handy, and so he'd always drag me along. He literally showed me what it was like to to serve. And I think with my mom, um, she really showed me what hospitality looked like. Um, she, we would always bring people in for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and so she really showed that well. Um, didn't just say it, but but showed it really well.
0: Yeah, and that, that's what I think, um, Zach. What you said is really important. The influence that your parents had it 's not like they sat down with you one day and said i'm going to teach you the ten most important things of life but it's it's more caught than it is taught like you learned hospitality because you saw it. you learned hard work when and volunteering when your your grandfather took you with him, and so it wasn't like, "Hey, Zach, you need to do this, but it was like as you go through life, this is the th- these are things that you're picking up on and so like I would say you know for us, like based on what they're saying, it's so important that we have that level of consistent, consistency in our lives as we're living out our faith in all kinds of different areas because our kids see that. And so I don't know that it's like, well, we're going to sit down and we're going to do this. I mean, I, I, even as I look back on, on, on my childhood, I don't know if my parents did that. They probably did at some point, but I don't remember those things. But I remember the example and the model that they gave more so than the actual instructions. So I think that that's really, really important. Um, okay, let me, let me ask you this, because the instruction to parents, specifically dads in the context, is don't exasperate your children. Don't provoke them to anger or frustrate them. Um, and so I would just want to know from, from you guys, as you look back at your adolescent years maybe specifically, is there anything that your, your parents did that you would say, hey, don't do this. This is not helpful.
3: Yeah, I think the way that my mom and and I approached conflict was uh, pretty damaging, honestly. She would come in very... She's a very stubborn lady. She still is. I love her, though. Um, (laughs) But she would come in very headstrong into any kind of conflict, and instead of just kind of sitting me down and and just talking it through, it was very um, intense and high emotion, which usually isn't the best way to go about things.
2: Yeah, um, I would say just... When I would do something, or they would ask me to do something, and I'd be why, and they'd be like, "Because I'm your mom," or "Because I'm your dad." Um, I didn't really understand that, um, and so yeah, that really frustrate, tra- frustrated me for sure.
1: I would say, I would say, literally the exact same. Like, I in my head, like I'm a very logical person, so like, if my parents would do something or say something, I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> this doesn't make sense to me at all," and I'm gonna ask, "Okay, like why?" or like I'm gonna have a rebuttal or whatever it may be. And it's always like, oh, no, 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 I'm your, I'm your dad. Don't, don't question me. I'm just like, this, what you're saying to me doesn't make any sense. What you're doing doesn't make any sense. And, like, it would always just be, oh, because I'm your father, because I'm your mom. Like, I'm just, ah, you guys doesn't make any sense. So that's not helpful.
0: So I, I have to let you guys know this. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I knew what they were going to say. I knew that Ronaldo was going to say, I want somebody to explain the why all the time. And when he said that, as we met a couple of weeks ago, this is what I said, Ronaldo, Said, listen. When you have kids, you'll know that there are times when the most direct answer is because I said so, and there's nothing that we can do, um, because it's like impossible to explain to our children all of the whys on all of the things all of the time, right? Like, so there is a level of that, but at the same time, I do think it's important that um, we listen to what they're saying, because there may be times where we don't just default to because I said so, and maybe at times try to explain things a little bit more. So. At some point, Ronaldo doesn't have kids, and he'll understand, because I said so, is, is the answer. That is the answer. <laughs> but maybe we can learn from that, too. Alexa, I want to go back to you, because you talked a little bit about your story. Um, and recognizing that our, one, a, a key role as, as parents is to, you know, it says raise them up in the discipline of the Lord. And so there's a sense in which, like, we have to discipline our kids, point out things that they do that's wrong. Um, and I, I, don't know, I don't know how you guys feel about discipline in the world that we live in today. I feel like we struggle with it. I struggle with it, just not knowing what to do, um, especially as our kids have gotten older. It's so like, what do we do? We just take away their devices, which is sometimes it's a punishment on us more than it is on them. And so, um, like, there's, I think, a challenge with that. And so, Alexa, in, in light of your story, I want you to talk more about that, like this rebellious stage Did anything help? Could anything have helped? Talk about that.
2: Um, So I was, like um, Dr. Bill said, I was very rebellious. And like I said, I was very rebellious growing up. Um, And when I was growing up, absolutely nothing worked for me. I kind of was just a person that had to learn on her own um, and just go through the things. And um, so I obviously did get in trouble a lot. um, And... Now I'm like looking back and I'm like okay like conversations could have worked maybe not like the yelling and like all of the extra stuff and um yeah I would say conversations would have definitely like helped me um just kind of just figure out why things weren't right and why yeah conversations for sure
0: I I love the fact that Alexa is up here and um is willing to share her story with us because here is what I think some of us need to hear that there are times that we face struggles as parents. And I think Alexa may may, may hit on this uh, in just a second again. And we're like, what do I do to help? And there may not be anything that we can do. Uh, that it is just like an exercise in perseverance. Um, and maybe going back to what Ronaldo said about his mom, like where he just, like, you know, his mom just prays for him and stuff like that, and there, there may be nothing that we can do. I mean, that doesn't mean that we don't try, and you know, try to put the right parameters in place and the disciplines and things like that, but in reality, Alexa just said nothing would have made a difference because she's she's going to make her own choices, and we have to recognize, like, as our kids get older, that, that happens, and it's not that we did something wrong, um, and certainly, uh, you know, we're not going to ever get everything right and stuff like that, but Um, In the midst of the challenges, like here's our hope, is that all of our kids, if they face challenges, that they end up like Alexa. And at some point, you know, magically two years ago, God does something in her life and she radically makes a transformation. And I don't know that it's like, you know, an overnight sort of thing, but this is the hope that we have, right? Right. The Alexas of the world, like as, as in the midst of the struggles, that's what we hope to see. It's like, man, we just persevere in the midst of those struggles, and then God does something in the life of our child, and all of a sudden, like the light bulb comes on, and they recognize the, the significance of like, the influence maybe that we've tried to have, the, influence, the, the faith, and how, how that makes a difference and stuff like that. So I really appreciate uh, Alexa um, and sharing her story, especially as a, a, a girl. Because I think in the world that we live in today, like it's, I don't know, my own pers- perspective as a dad of, of one of each, that one tends to be a little bit harder. So, um, <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything else because I'm not going to get myself in trouble as I sit up <laughs> here. So, all right, so we need to kind of wrap up. And so what I want each of you guys to do is just as we finish up, what is one thing that you would say to encourage the, the, the parents that are here?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think presence is so important. Um, One of the things I can look back on that was so impactful was actually from my stepdad. And let me just say, I think being a step-parent has got to be one of the most challenging things I've ever seen um, someone accomplish. But my stepdad, one thing he was really good at was he would always take interest in what I was doing. Uh, And the most tangible example would be sports. And so what he would do is he would always ask me a million questions about the sport I'm interested in, which was golf and basketball growing up. I played both, and it was decent at both. And so um, he would take an interest in that, and, you know, I want to make sure whenever I have children one day, Lord willing, um, that I do the same, and that I am involved, and that I'm not just physically there, but that I have a presence in their life as far as what they're interested in. Uh, And then the other thing I want to mention, too, is, I didn't mention this first service, but... um, if you have older children and, and you're thinking, uh, you know, I didn't really connect with them growing up, it's, it's never too late. Um, I can say now, like, me and my biological dad actually have a decent relationship now. Uh, and so if you have older children and, and you're, you know, you, maybe you have a lot of regrets as a parent, um, it's never too late to, to reconnect with them. I want to say that, too.
2: Yeah. Um, like I talked about, um, I didn't have that great of, I would, was really rebellious, um, and so I would say just as parents, just giving yourself more grace. I feel like a lot of parents, if their children do mess up, it's like, oh, my goodness, like that's what I did, and that's like the outcome. That's why they're like that, because I raised them that way, and that's not always the case. I was like that because of my environment and just what I put myself in, um, and so, yeah, I would just say as parents, just give yourself more grace, because you guys are great, so.
1: Yeah, I, I would say um, just one, like being present, but then also I think for a lot of you guys, like you're already in church, like, that's a huge thing for me. Like, I know that I needed my parents to just be in church, because if not, like, I don't know what I would be doing, but then also, like, not just telling them to go to church and telling them how to live out their faith, but, like, showing them, because, like, it, they're, they're going to be watching, and so for me, it's, like, in those times where my mom would just pray, like, there would be times where I would walk by her room or whatever, and I would hear her, and she's just praying, and she's just praying and just crying, and, like, they would... Like, the only response that she had to some of the things was just like, oh, man, Lord, I have to take it to you. And that's it. And, like, those things were happening in private. That's not something that she was just displaying and that, not something that she was, you know, like, bashing her kids or whatever it may be. But, like, she was just sitting there like, Lord, like, I don't know what to do. Like, you're alone, the only one with the answers. And so, like, for me to see that with my own eyes where she was not trying to display that or trying to, you know, shove that down in my in my face or whatever it may be, I was like, oh, man, like, shoot. Like, this whole faith thing is, has to be lived out. Like, this is a practical thing that is... Every single day. Um, and so, like, for you guys, like, man, if even if your faith is not extremely strong, like, I mean, doing the little things, your kids are watching. Like, we're, we're absolutely watching. Um, and so, I think, mean, yeah, like, just take it all to Jesus. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I think what you guys just said is absolutely gold. The ministry of presence, being involved in the lives of your kids, giving ourselves grace, and then cons- the consistency in living out our faith is Huge. Um, I, I think that's, that's really good. Well, I'm going to pray for us. Cody's going to come back and, and lead the band in a, in a last song, and then we'll be finished. But let me pray.